Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Age of Radio. Yes, it's me, Jason. Before we start today, let's just acknowledge the passing of our great sovereign, Queen Elizabeth II. She's been Queen of England and Great Britain and the many commonwealths that have her of head of state for the last 70 years. And you know what? We're going to miss her. Just a little bit. Because without the Queen, would we have movies? It was the Queen in 1952, just after she was coronated, that said, yes, movies are allowed to exist in, you know, the British Empire at the time. So if it weren't for Her Majesty, there still would be no movies. And if there were no movies, there'd be no podcast. So just take a second, sit down, maybe have a little nip of cherry, and just take a moment to remember Her Majesty and all the wonderful things she did, while also trying to remember all the terrible things she was responsible for. Think about it. This has been a message from For Screening Country, delivered by Jason, and largely endorsed by Brendan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Brendan, everybody's been asking. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I've been getting emails, I've been getting telephone calls, telegrams even, and I didn't even know you could still send telegrams, but I've been getting them. When are we going to have Liz on the podcast? That is what people keep asking me. They say she's dead. She Liz was stupid. Hurley? She she's finally died. No, 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 different Liz. Oh. The, the Liz I was just talking about, Her Majesty, 
Okay. I'm telling you, we are working on that happening. There's a lot of paperwork. Yeah. I have a connection through her mother, but no promises. But we will we will try to make good on that because I've always said, once she died, we get her first. That's exclusive. Exclusive, as Mr. Ackerman would say. Exclusive. Exclusive, as yeah. almost Fred Armisen's character in Eurotrip would say. Almost would say. <laughs> Yeah, you you know, Jason. I don't think the people realize there's a lot of red tape we got to get around. So, um, I mean, yeah. you know, we're trying. Look how long Republican. it took us to get Richard Burton. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Queen might even be easy compared to that. So I think, uh, yeah, what a what a perfect way to start off this episode. By the way, mm-hmm. your name is Jason, and your name is Brendan, and this is a podcast called For Screen and Kundre. Jason, what do we do on this show? We watch British movies first, and foremost we've watched the bfi list we've even watched some canadian movies but right now brendan we are working our way through the empire top 100 british films of all time the 68 or so movies we hadn't seen but we're even taking a little break from that brendan because we are doing a fantastic series that we have done in the past called and now for something completely similar in which brendan and i watch movies that are remakes D-makes, sequels, uh, prequels, sidequels. Midquels. Uh, midquels, yeah. I, I, I love a movie that is set in the middle of another movie. I'm right. just waiting for that to, to complete the 300 uh, trilogy. Oh, maybe that new uh, Rogue One uh, series is something like that. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Rogue One is kind of a midquel to Star Wars. Kind of, yeah. 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 I guess because it, it does take in between, it does take place in between the trilogies. God the damn first right two. it does. Well, it takes place in the middle of Star Wars. In the middle of the Star War. Yeah, in the middle of the first Star, Star Wars movie. War. So, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, Jason, that's what we do. So so what are we uh, What are we going to do tonight, Brain? Well, one of the movies we watched during the, that was on the list was Borat. Mm, very nice. Uh, much How longer, much? much yeah, that's the guy. Uh, so we decided we should probably check out Borat 2, a more recent release as of 2020. Oh, a Borat 2, a more recent release than Borat 1. It, uh, you wouldn't think, but there it is. Time and physics, my friend. Hmm. And, of course, that movie has the uh, wonderful title, Borat Subsequent Movie Film. Yes, absolutely. Which I want to get out of the way right off the bat and say, great fucking title. Great title, great title. We, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, very creative, very funny, and continues to be. Spoiler alert. Film. I think we both Spoiler like alert. this. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, I'd say I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Borat 2, subsequent movie film. This movie comes out, I mean, this movie just came out last year. Yeah. Right around the election. So this movie came out a year ago, and the first one came out in 2006, a 15-year gap between uh, Borat and Borat 2. Mm-hmm. And it was like he never left. Mm. The amount of what my wives and nice uh, uh, I've heard over the years, it was like Borat never, ever left us. But then he came back. He did. And and what's nice is that he came back in exactly the right moment of his popularity seesaw. Mm. Is that because you, I think we discussed this before, but yes. when a big movie comes out, it's very, very popular. Everyone loves it. Everyone's quoting it. And then we hate it. And yeah, there's, there's that backlash where we hate it. We hate it for a while, but then everybody kind of forgets about it. And then people start ironically referencing it. Yeah. And that goes on for a while until those ironic references just become genuine references of love for the movie. And then and then the movie is assured of its final place in the canon. 
yes, at that point. Uh, Once it's gone through the cycle. Yes, exactly. Then we love and it again. Bo- and Borat, as we could point out, Borat had definitely gone through that cycle in that 15 years to the point now where a Borat reference was not as unwelcome as it would have been in maybe 2009. Right. Or, you know, the same year it came out for the 18 millionth time. Yes, yes. Very nice. <laughs> Jason, what? I want to run through the, the extensive cast of Borat subsequent movies. Sure. Films. We've got Sasha Baron Cohen returning as Borat. We do. We've got Maria Bakalova as Tutar, his daughter. Yes. And Tom Hanks as himself. <laughs> That's basically the credited cast yep. <laughs> of characters because Tom Hanks is playing a character called Tom Hanks. Because Tom say. Hanks is in the know and that's why I'm giving that's him right. the credit. <laughs> that's right. Uh, funny enough, not returning to this sequel is Azamat Bagatov. Yeah, I know. the. Well, that's not the guy's name. <laughs> well, the character Azamat Bagatov. The character, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Ken Divish- he, Division. He is mentioned. He is mentioned. Well, he yeah, he gets turned into a couch and we see his, his dick <laughs> where the seat is. Um, right off the bat, just a reasoning for that is that they were very secretive about this movie. Obviously, they have to be because everyone knows who Borat is now, so they couldn't just say, hey, we're filming Borat. Um, Very secretive about this movie. And they actually did contact him to reprise his role, but he couldn't get them to tell him what the movie was. Apparently, he was like, if this isn't a Borat sequel, like, I'm not interested. I don't want to do, like, another thing uh, with Sasha, like if he's doing a Borat sequel, great, I'm in. And they and they couldn't tell him, so he's like, okay, well, I can't do it if you're if you're not going to tell me. And then it turned out <laughs> to be a Borat sequel. Yeah. But thankfully, that did allow us to really get to focus on uh, newcomer Maria Bakalo- Bakalova. Bakalova. Yes, Bakalova. Who is who is a uh, uh, a gem, a real gem in this movie, a real a real tour de force on her part, coming in beside one of the great. What will be remembered as one of the greatest comedic, you know, character actors or character guys of all time, and holding her own with him. I was going to say, is it a hot take to say, and this is this is not a slight against him at all, but is this a hot take to say? I think she even outshines him in this movie. At points, yeah, I think, and I think that's probably by design because yeah, we got Borat in the last one. We need to let, uh, you know, let, let a little new blood get in there. Well, let's let's talk about this by design thing. We say, you know, I think the difficulty right away and making a Borat sequel is yeah. that everyone knows who Borat is. It's that and the fact that if they, they could theoretically just do the same thing again, although it obviously wouldn't work very well, mm-hmm. but they could, they you know, he could have gone to like, I don't know, there, there must be a country in the world where people don't know, maybe he could have gone to Kazakhstan. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they wouldn't know him, although I think they know him. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, it, it's difficult. I think it's difficult right off the bat because they're saying like, you know, Borat's going to America again, just going to mess with people. And it's like, well, you know what? He can't really quite get away with it. And the movie does actually show, um, because again, like much like the first one, this is him and Maria Bakalova interacting with real people. These are just shot. They're, they're not told exactly what they're in. I'm sure they're, they use different reasons. They said some, sometimes they said, oh, it's an immigration video. Sometimes they yeah. said like, oh, it's a documentary about this man's family. Uh, yeah. Just little things like that. And they don't know what they're in. And and the first part of the movie when he's actually in America, there are they do show the things where people are like, hey, Borat. He's like, no, no, yeah. no, not me. It's not me. He's just like walking down the street and people start chasing him. He like puts a bag over his like head. Like a paper bag over his yeah. head. Yeah. And there's a guy like walking up and going, man, I'll, I'll pay you. I'll give you a dollar for your autograph. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. It's not the Borat. <laughs> <laughs> 
So right off the bat, the movie is very clear about this will be a difficult task. And I think maybe that also is a reason why they bring in like a second a second person. Yes. Well, yeah, you got to mix it up. And and they mix it up with the plot, too, because the first movie was about Borat going to make this documentary about America. But this movie is about Borat going to uh, improve relations for Kazakhstan as kind of a, um, I guess, a repentance for what he'd done before. Because he ends up in prison. We meet him at the very beginning of the movie. Like uh, Rambo, he's in prison. And then uh, uh, they come and get him and offer him one last job to to make up for what he does. Much like... Um, the real reaction to the first movie in Kazakhstan, he's basically um, locked up in prison for, for the yeah. first movie and making them look like fools, kind of, so yeah. to say. But also, much like the real reaction, they also market around it a little bit, too. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we read when we talked about the first in the Kazakhstan, the, you know, officially they were so upset about this movie, but they were not above being like, come to Kazakhstan. Very nice. Yeah. Well, that's it. And I mean, they, it was more—it was more attention that the country in Kazakhstan had gotten on an international level, I imagine, than in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all publicity is good publicity, ultimately, right? So, I bet you their tourism dollars have gone up. Well, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, although I will say, apparently, the reaction to this one wasn't quite as sharp as the reaction was to the first one in, in <laughs> how angry they got. Yeah. Well, I think they started. Maybe they started to understand the joke and appreciate the money that it was bringing them. So I guess we didn't really talk about the plot, but I mean, it is pretty yeah. straightforward. Yeah. So so Borat goes to America. His main objective initially is to bring a, a gift slash bribe to uh, Mike Pence. Michael Pence. Uh, pussy magnet. Pussy, uh, pussy magnet. Michael or whatever Pence. they call him. He is such a pussy magnet. He pussy cannot hound. even. He can. He is such a pussy hound. He cannot even be trusted in the same room as another woman. Yeah. <laughs> So they want to bribe him by bringing him a, a monkey named Johnny. Was it Johnny Monkey? He's from the first one. Johnny the Monkey is the number one Johnny porn star. He's the number one porn star and minister of uh, culture, I think, for, <laughs> for, for Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Yeah. But uh, we also encounter early on his daughter, Tutar, mm-hmm. uh, who is being uh, who wants to, you know, get married and, and live in a golden cage. <laughs> uh, the, the goal of any young girl. Goal of any young girl in Kazakhstan. Because uh, it's what the manual says. Uh, Borat has like a daughter manual, which is very funny. It's, I, the I love of it. The movie. Um, I want that Jen, prop. Yeah, well, she gave it to Rudy Giuliani, so he probably still has it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so when he gets to America, he goes to open the crate to, to get Johnny the monkey out, and nope, it's a uh, it's a uh, Tutar, and she has eaten the monkey. Although there's some discussion that the monkey may have eaten itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so he decides to, uh, in place of Johnny the Monkey, he will gift his daughter to Mike Pence, and that will ensure better relations between the United States and Kazakhstan, and perhaps a direct line to President Trump. Mm-hmm. Pre- President Trump, who, uh, um, you know, I get the feeling, and it's tell me if I'm wrong here, Jason, but I'm just, I'm just throwing this out there. I don't think Sasha Baron Cohen is a fan. I don't know. I mean, I mean, Borat seems to really like President Trump, and, and so the Kaz- so then Sasha Baron Cohen is not a fan. <laughs> no, I think I think uh, I think he and Borat are exactly the same oh, mind, yeah. and I think that he's just he he loves the forty five, and he wants to support him. And oh. this movie was really, really. I mean, really, you could probably argue that this movie was just a free campaign ad for President Trump and and, and Mike Pence, and but thankfully it didn't really work out for them. It's Jason's new character, a guy who doesn't get satire. <laughs> Okay. I'm just saying. I think he. Re- oh, I, I think President Trump is all, like like Mr. Cohen. President Trump also very funny. <laughs> anywho, very clever. Anywho, <laughs> yeah. So 
so that that's, that's what it is and he brings her yeah and his, his ultimate goal is to gift her to michael r pence now i would say where the first one i was thinking like i was thinking like what time i was thinking what was going on in the world when these movies came out now the first one of course this was like two years no no six years into the bush uh administration mm-hmm. right so the uh well the iraq war had already started um and 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 this one comes out in the last year or not no not even like the last like few months of the trump administration thank god yeah and uh (laughs) i think it's funny that they, they they both came out kind of at the tail end of republican administrations but um, you can sense like I think in both movies you can sense like just a a wear down like he like I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen is just worn down by these like by these leaders especially in this movie, but yeah it it, it it's just like you get the you get the vibe it's like it's like this is a person that has been under this for you know four five six years and it's just like man I'm tired of it I gotta I gotta say something like yeah you know yeah exactly I wonder if that's part of it is that he was having kind of a similar similar thoughts and then maybe in a similar headspace in the Trump era as to what it was like at the end of the Bush era or in the last few years of the Bush era. But would you argue you were more surprised by the people when you watched the first movie than you were when you watched the second? Yeah. While the movie does uh, certainly show some people in a a negative light, I feel like that was more of a purpose of the first one. I don't know that it was much of a purpose as it was just kind of the nature of this type of movie in this one. Um, especially because we have characters like uh, like the the professional babysitter that they hire, who is, by all accounts in this movie, like the heart and soul of this movie, mm-hmm. and, and an absolutely wonderful woman who is just looking out for for uh, Tutar <laughs> and her uh, and her situation, and and that was so cool to see. It, it's what it's what's so weird about this movie is that the relationship between Borat and his daughter is absolutely ridiculous and insane and and the things they say about like the how that relationship like he won't even let her hug her hug him mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like no no hands off and uh, talking about how the the vagina has teeth in it and you can't touch the vagina or else it'll eat your arm mm. like it's insane but but still we had this kind of touching story between a father and a daughter connecting that by the end of the movie it's like wow that actually you know it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit i was gonna say there are genuine emotional beats that work yeah yeah and 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 with in lesser hands that would have been very hard to sell amongst all the insane comedy, but right. they, these people, you know, they, they did it. <laughs> well, and I mean, and I think that speaks to, I mean, not to jump the gun or anything, but I mean, we did, we did get some Oscar nominations for this movie. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of yeah. nominations that came this way. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm not surprised that it speaks to the writing too, because any of the scenes that are actually, you know, acted out between the actors are obviously not just like made up on the spot, but, um, it, yeah, it kind of speaks to it. And I, I don't know, like I, my, my thing is like, I feel, and this is not a criticism, but I feel like in the first one, when we saw some of these surprising kind of sexist, racist kind of reactions, I think in 2006, I was a little more shocked Whereas in this movie, I was yeah. like waiting for it. Like I expected Well, well cause yeah, exactly. Part of it was the fact that we've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. So we, we knew what it was trying to do back then. And, and we had a certain expectation perhaps of how that would go. And we get a little bit of that. We don't get nearly as much, but we get a little bit of that. You get those reactions, but yeah, it, I think now we're so inured to it. Like we're so expected. Like in 2006, I mean, my, my mind was definitely not quite as aware as it is now. 
and seeing that stuff kind of opened up my mind in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we we all say we're not racist, but there's a lot of racist white people out there. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that was the only thing that started to like me about that, but seeing stuff like that was kind of novel. Mm -hmm. I guess in 2006 and now it's just like, yes, I, I mean, you could go grab any, any probably MAGA person and get them to say something stupid on film that would work, you know, for this movie. Well, that's the thing now, like this movie again, um, over three years into the Trump administration. So we've got extremism everywhere. We've got conspiracy theorists. We've got MAGA Republicans, all this stuff going on. So it's like we, we've, we've lived, I guess maybe it's just the age that we're at too. It, it like as as older gentlemen, I guess we've lived through these three years, so we know mm -hmm. we this is not a shock to us anymore. No. But I think it's so much more amplified. Like I think in the Bush era, it was definitely there, but it wasn't. You didn't hear about it all the fucking time. No, it was it it was a question of maybe it was less intense on the perpetrators' end and less noticed on the you know the quote unquote progressive person's end. But now, in addition to being screamed in our ear by those sorts of people that believe it, now people are much more aware, so it's much more present. And I want to say Twitter was barely a thing, maybe in two thousand six. I think two thousand six was actually the year that Twitter was founded. So, so there I you think go. It was that's still that, pretty early. Yeah. That's a big. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, I want to talk about, like, obviously the, the, the tolerance level of some of the good people that we see in this movie. You mentioned the babysitter. Yeah. I feel so bad for the babysitter because I re I read the stories about her um, and that people weren't super happy about – she was paid, like, I think she was paid, like, $3,600. Yeah. Which I understand the idea that they, they don't want to pay her an exorbitant amount because then she would be like, wait a second. Probably get suspicious, yeah. Right. But I feel like going back and maybe reimbursing yeah. was the proper thing to do. You could have cut her a check. Give her, give her a couple points off the back end, you know? And I'm not I'm not 100% blaming Sasha Baron Cohen. There are many other producers involved, a studio yeah. involved. He's not necessarily in charge of getting everybody their paychecks, but... You know, I'm just saying that this this person I felt bad for. Now, to her credit, she has no ill will, and she yeah. said that she didn't know what the movie was. A bunch of people chipped in for a um, uh, a, a fundraiser to to raise money for her, so for for to pay off her college tuition or something yeah, like that. After I believe. she lost her job, I believe. Yeah, due to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Sasha Baron Cohen uh, raised a bunch of money for the town that she was in or something. Mm -hmm. So there was there was definitely some contributions. It just it just kind of yeah. sat at the time. And and in the movie, okay, so part of the movie is he brings Tutar over to a babysitter, and of course he has her ball and chain and her her uh, food <laughs> dog food dish um, with her. And and the babysitter is horrified as any sane human being yeah. would be. Um, and it. I don't know. Like when I first watched this movie, I thought she was part of the movie. Like I thought yeah. she was in the know because she couldn't have been any more of a perfect happy accident. So yeah, so perfectly patient and 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 taking she contributes her time to, to explain. She contributes to the plot. She does absolutely because there's a whole and, thing where she is going to get uh, Tutar is going to get a boob job, and yeah. she talks her out of it, and that's worked into the plot. Like that's yeah, the reason absolutely. she doesn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's it's so interesting to see, uh, uh, like, a person just that pure of heart and that good to be in a movie like this, you know? Although, to be fair, Lunell was pretty cool in the last one. Well, I think there's one other person that's more pure of heart, but we'll talk about her in a bit. 
Yeah. Well, one thing I have to mention too, uh, just because it is an interesting thing, is it so one of the one of the bits of this movie actually I believe is a separate. There's a separate series with these guys, but mm. Borat spends five days with a couple of conspiracy theorists, like hardcore conspiracy theorists. But what was interesting about that to me is that he meets this guy outside a store. He's just like, I don't have any place to go. Can I stay with you? And the guy's like. Okay, <laughs> he's just like he just this for this alleged foreign guy he's never met, or and I mean I have to assume that he doesn't know who Borat is. No, because I don't think so. you think it'd be a reaction would be a little different, but he, right. he, the fact that this guy who is clearly a right wing nut job, despite that, still invites this guy sight unseen, this foreign guy, to his house to stay with them. Like you got to respect that to some extent. Now, obviously, when we get there, we start listening to them talk about the Democrats making children get all amped up so they could suck out the adrenochrome and out of their glands and drink it. Okay, now these guys, these guys maybe aren't the best guys, but the fact that this dude was immediately just like, yeah, come to my house, that that says a lot about people. Well, and I mean, I'll say, weirdly, and I, I, I agree, everything they're saying is awful. Oh, yeah, it's nuts. But they're weirdly endearing. Yeah. And, well, they're, and, they're just, they're dudes. They're dudes that have been fed a law, bad line of bullshit. A but bad they seem line like of all right guys. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, if it, had, if it had not been, if it wasn't for any of the stuff that they actually say they believe in, mm. they'd be pretty good. Well, because they come off as, you know, like, all right, despite all that, they don't come off as crazy people. Compare that to when Borat gets on the camper in the last movie with the with the college bros. And that just, ugh, those guys just seem the worst, you know? Yeah, and like, <laughs> like, like who cares who they voted for? They're pieces yeah. of shit. Just, just, yeah, just shitheads. These yeah. guys, and like, if these... you didn't know who they voted, you didn't know their political beliefs, you'd be yeah. like, oh, they're pretty nice. They'd probably just be polite guys you'd talk to at the feed store kind of dudes. like. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, like you said, there was a little series on Prime after this where um they actually were they actually were challenged on all of their conspiracy uh beliefs and shown like a bunch of clips and like interviews and stuff um i don't know if it changed them but it was cool that they were willing to do it yeah at least at least you have it presented to them the 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 funniest thing is there actually is an episode where hillary clinton recorded a a a video message for them (laughs) and uh they're like oh shit here we go and they're like watching or whatever and then as soon as she does she's done they're like well yeah i don't trust her (laughs) (laughs) yeah well (laughs) so i mean they tried like they tried they tried but they made an effort yeah, and they and they speaking of tolerance though, actually, because we're talking about like all the most tolerant people in this movie, they put up with a lot. Yeah, I yeah, mean, no, and get Borat doing his Borat shit and just annoying them, and them just yeah, going with it. And he genuinely spent two days with those guys. I thought it was like five there. days. Was it five days? It was I a think long it was five time. Five days because they filmed. I think they must have filmed all the stuff for that TV series when he was there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Or I think he went, I think fact? he went back. I okay. think he went back because. Because later scenes that they're in, they I think they they would we weren't in the know, and by the time they did that TV series, they were definitely in the know. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, he because he <laughs> he's he's standing there working out, wearing like a big black dildo. He's yeah. uh, he's doing this thing where he's got like a like a like a, a jar or something, and he's he's trying to kill the COVID. Like he's got a magnifying yeah. glass, and he just keeps hitting it, yeah, and he's like the, smacking it against the wall to kill the COVID. The um <laughs> the the. <laughs> Just the patience level of the one guy who's just like, and finally at the end, he's like, yeah, I think he got it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's the thing, too. Like, like uh, there's so much patience in this movie for Borat. Like, and we see that in the original where, to some extent, but it feels like racist patience mm. uh, where they're just like, oh, this guy's different. So we got to, you know, let him do what he's got to do, which, of course, shitting in a bag apparently is when that all ends. Uh, 
Actually, no, not even that. It's it's when you bring your black hooker girlfriend over. That's what right. Really that was that that was the that was the end point. That was that. The, the nail yeah. in that coffin. But um, no, in this one, like the people seem like they're just patient more. So like when he goes to, like the dude at the UPS store is so patient and he's writing that. out the letters and stuff and he's like and you want a uh, frowny face? Okay, and he draws a little frowny face on the note and sends it through. I love that. So the whole thing with him with Borat talking to the Kazakh prime minister. I facts. think that's what it's supposed to be. It's through facts. Yeah. And he literally spends the, the, the first moment going in and saying, I want to send a fax. Like, okay, what do you want to say? Sup. S-U-P. Then he, gets the, then he gets the fax back with the like letterhead of the Kazakhstan government. It's and just it says like, sup. sup. <laughs> and just, it just stands there for, I'm assuming, hours. Must have been. <laughs> just this guy. And he's got, he's got someone in another, in another place ready to go sending these yeah. faxes back. Yeah. And it's just, oh, my God, it's so crazy. <laughs> but, yeah, that guy's got so much patience. And then, of course, we've got some people that are too tolerant. Like, mm. I'm talking, I'm thinking about when he goes with Too Tired to buy her a new cage. Yes. And she pops up out of the back, and the guy helps her hammer and nail the, to- the lid down. Yes. Knowing yes, that, that there is a young no, girl inside. Yeah. But then we also have when he goes to the when he goes to the hardware store to buy a new cage for Tartar or for Tutar, and the guy just goes along with. It. He's like, what, uh, how, "How many women can fit in one of these cages at once?" And he's just like, uh, "Well, one, I guess." And then the the best though is when he's like, "Oh, this propane. Uh, what if uh, what if I wanted to make end of a gypsy? Would this be enough propane?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, I, I imagine it would be." Well, what if I? How many do you think uh, I could end with? This? Well, what, however many you need, like. <laughs> Should I take the small one or the big one? You better take the big one. Just God, so awful. Well, it just, <laughs> and it's just rolling with it. It just reminds. It again calls back to a scene in the first one where he goes to that, uh, where he goes to buy a car, and he said, "How fast would I have to be going if I was hitting a, a, a mob of gypsies and yes. kill them on impact?" And he said, "With that thing, you go about fifty miles an hour." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be nothing left. Like people, it's I don't know if it's the fact that people are just they just don't care and they just want to make a sale. Yeah, that's it. You wonder sometimes they're just but, they're that sharky of a salesman that they don't give a fuck. But again, like, or maybe they just think like, oh, this guy must mean something else. Maybe that's the racist tolerance you're talking about. I don't yeah. know, but I think I think that part crossed the line where he actually helped him put the lid back on, knowing full well there was a human being inside. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because to go along with that, the moment that really made me go, oh, in this movie is so later on Borat, uh, uh, when Tutar has kind of taken off on her own and she's at a, at a, like a uh, MAGA rally. She's like being a reporter there and Borat is going with his two conspiracy buddies to find her. Mm -hmm. He goes up on stage uh, to sing a song. And (laughs) at one point he says the line, uh, what does he say? Um, Chop them up like the Saudis do. Talking about journalists mm-hmm. referencing Khashoggi. Well, do we want to inject them with the Wuhan flu or chop them up them like the Saudis do? Chop them up like the Saudis do. But then at one point he's, he goes, gas them like the Germans do. And people cheer and there's a couple of dudes throwing up fucking Nazi salutes in the crowd. Like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, and I want to come back to that in a second because yeah. there's some stuff behind that whole thing that's pretty troubling yeah. besides all that. Um... But yeah, and then of course the most tolerant, but also not in a good way, is the whole abortion scene. Yes, these, which is all set up by the fact that he he buys uh, he buys Tudar uh, a cupcake that has a little baby on top. Which she's like, which he's like, no, no, I cannot get you sugar, and she's like, oh come on, daddy, please, please, daddy. Yeah, 
So he gives in and they go out and they eat because it's shameful and women aren't supposed to eat treats. He takes her behind a dumpster and is like, here, you got to do it here. And she and eats so it out of his hand. She eats it basically out of his hand and he's like, slow down. And she's like, he's too good. And then she ends up swallowing the little baby. Right. Uh, which they then have to get rid of. And so they go to an abortion clinic, well, which it's not they say is a medical clinic. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. It's not an abortion it's clinic. It's a, it's a quote unquote crisis, a pregnancy crisis center. Yeah, it's like a Christian clinic. Yeah, in, in Fredericton, there's, there was always one of those right beside the Morgenthaler Clinic. Mm. Yeah. Um, but uh, so they go there and they start talking to this pastor and going through this whole song and dance about how they got to get the baby out. Obviously, they're talking about the toy, but he thinks they're talking about having a real baby. I mean, that's, you know what, though? That's like, that's as old as, that's, that's, that style of joke is as old as comedy. Oh God, like, yeah, that's like that's like a screwball comedy kind of thing of two people yeah. having completely different conceptions and having a, a completely different conversation. That's with like each going other. back to like the Marx Brothers, like that. Yeah. That is like oh, old sure. hat, but it's done like with a modern twist, obviously. And it's done so funny. And but what's what's most shocking about that scene is when he, you know, Borat is like, "No, I put the baby in here. You know, I'm her father. I put the baby in here because he gave it." The so baby. you keep saying that she's your daughter. What does that mean? Yeah. But yeah, eventually it's like he's just like, look, that doesn't matter right now. What we're worried about is the baby. Like he's he's willing to let the fact that it, he thinks that this this father raped his daughter and put a baby in her, and he's just about to want, oh, we got to save this baby. He just openly admitted it in yeah. front of this guy <laughs> that this girl yeah. who listen Maria Bakalova not actually like twenty five years old when this yes. was made, but looks the part of playing a fifteen yes, year old girl. You could you could you could buy her as a fifteen year old and clearly acts like a young child. So when he yeah. says, I put the baby in her, his reaction is not, I better call the police. It's, oh, yeah. well, well, that's okay. We just got to work on keeping Look, the baby I, I safe. I don't need to know that. I do not need to know that. What, I, what I'm worried about is the baby. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. I, hope, I hope he felt the heat after this movie came out. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Oh, Fuck man. Fuck that guy. So a lot of this movie is a lot of watching scenes and being like, Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. But um, we got to talk about, um, I mean, I want to talk about Maria Bakalova's addition to this movie because mm-hmm. I think it's incredible because, okay, she was an actor before. She had been in some uh, Bulgarian productions. That's basically where she was acting. They auditioned like 600 girls to play this role. Wow. Um, yeah. And she was, she was the one that got it out of 600. And What's crazy is she, she doesn't really have a lot of comedy background. She doesn't have really a lot of, like, improv background. She did a lot of stage, so I think that probably helps with her being able to, oh, like, sure. remember direction and not maybe not, um, not like, break or, you know, laugh and scenes yeah. and stuff. Deal with an audience. And it's also crazy on top of that that she is legitimately not from America. Like, Sasha mm. Baron Cohen is not from America, but English is his first language. Yeah. This is not her first language. He's basically he's British, basically. I, I don't know yeah. if he was born there, but he's definitely British. He's British, but like, but like Mar- Maria Bakalova, it, her first language is not English. She's Eastern European, much like the people of Kazakhstan. Although uh, that would be, I know, yeah, maybe Kazakhstan is in Asia. I guess we could probably say it's probably in Asia. But she has she comes in, and again, I said like in the, some scenes she's she's the highlight of the scene. Like she's coming in and she's, she's nailing everything and she's so good and she's mm. so convincing. And like there are scenes, she's so good that they actually trust, they trust her enough that she's in scenes where Borat's not even in the scene. 
Yes. She goes Absolutely. to the, the, the Republican women's uh, convention thing <laughs> where, you know, we've had this setup where she's talking about how, you know, she it, her little women uh, daughter's manual saying that she can't touch her own vagina. Yeah. And she goes into the bathroom and there's a the whole scene where she's like, you know, I'm just going to do it. And she does it and the look on her face. And then she comes out and like does the speech. She's like, it's OK to touch your vagina. It doesn't have teeth. And even <laughs> even then. And I compare this to the scene in the first one where Borat goes into the church, where the yeah. mega church, where you think, oh, he's going to paint these people as horrible, like everyone yeah. would. But he does. But they're not really painted as that bad. They're just no. kind of like, well, maybe you shouldn't talk about that in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that meaning they 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 do tolerate her very much, and it's and they like, do tell like, her that that women have rights. Yeah, and yeah, then, they, then, they do tell her some surprisingly progressive things like, hey, yes, women can drive cars and they can do all sorts of things. They can own businesses. They can live their lives. Dude, that goes but, back That goes back to the two guys, too. They say the same thing. Yeah. they Because yeah. he says, like, oh, women have a smaller brain. And they're like, no, 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 no. Women are just as good as men. We're all like, the They same. can have the same thoughts as we have, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like, wow, surprisingly progressive conspiracy theorist <laughs> no uh, feminist trump supporters that's right <laughs> oh and, and the best part of that scene though brendan is at the end of it when this one woman who is just clearly had enough is she just goes hey we're so glad you're here <laughs> just to kind of cut her off <laughs> yeah. oh man but she has that scene and then one of the bravest moments of her performance is the dance scene yeah, then and the, again, showing the kind of chemistry that she and Sasha Baron Cohen have of being able to do this ridiculous dance together at this, you're talking about at the debutante ball. The, when, the super creepy debutante ball. Yes, now this this was not a real debutante ball. This was a ball set up uh, on the false pretenses of filming a documentary. Oh, okay. Yes, th- this was not like an actual debutante ball, but they were trying to make it as real as they could. But these are all real people. These are real people they don't that don't think know they're why in... they're there. No, they think yeah. they're there for this documentary about debutante balls. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> there is that moment, I think one of my favorite moments in the entire movie, because it's so real, is when uh, Sasha Baron Cohen or Borat looks at that guy and says, how much do you think I can get for her? And he's like, oh, probably like $500. And then, I don't know if it's that guy's daughter or another young girl, but she just looks yeah. at him and she's like, that's fucking disgusting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's clear, that, again, for this this fake, uh, they must have boozed up some of the dudes because it's clear these guys have had a few drinks. Like that dude, he asked about the 500, or the guy that said 500 bucks. He was clearly a bit drunk. And there was another guy I was talking to. It's like, yeah, that guy's clearly drunk. Like, Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> Alcohol just clears your mind. It doesn't give Sometimes. you new ideas. Sometimes. Um <laughs> But yeah, then of course we get them having the scene where she's complaining that she's on her moon blood. Uh, it might be a problem. But then they go and do the dance, and of course when she hikes up her skirt, she's just covered in blood on her cross and hair <laughs> and Lots hair. Of hair. Yes, lots of hair. So I go, show me your hair, and then no, not that hair. And it's great that um, the 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 variety of reactions that we get, just you know, shock, disgust, um, laughter. Yeah. Uh, not not sure what they should react like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just kind of like just clapping their hands and like, okay. I I did notice a couple of the drunker gentlemen just clapping and laughing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, again, it's just it. I don't know. It's just it's just a ball. And and again, this this has to be for her to just do this is is crazy enough on its own. But for for it to be funny on top of that, and and this great choreographed dance number, it's just extra. (sighs) And we got to mention. Oh, so yeah, let's let's talk about that rally for a sec. 
Oh, the big rally near the end. Yeah. You want to sing me a couple bars, Jason? But it was yeah, it was what was it like? Obama's a traitor. It was. It's just. It's like the most. Uh, the sort of thing that would make people at an event like that cheer. What do we want to do with Fauci? Do we want to inject them with the Wuhan flu or chop them up like the Saudis do? Yeah. <laughs> also, you know what's hilarious is I don't know I don't know how subtle it is, but he kind of points out how stupid this whole thing is because at one point he says um, the Democrat flu conspiracy, the Democrat. It's like the Democrat flu hoax or something like that. Yeah. It's part of the line of the song. But then yeah. later he asks, should we inject them with the Wuhan flu? So he's saying that the flu doesn't exist. But then later he's saying, should we give them it? <laughs> well, I mean, he could be arguing. It could be like it's real, but it's the Democrats. That, 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 no, no. I think he's saying it's a hoax. It's like I mean, the Democrat flu hoax. Just to show them how silly the position well, is. Well, that's what I think. I think he's just doing that to be like, look at how contradicting I am. And yeah. they're just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's a lot of a lot of Confederate flags at that rally. I I don't know, did we? I don't know if we saw any overtly Nazi stuff, but I mean, I you saw like the, the "Don't Tread on Me" stuff a lot. Yeah, yeah. The Gadsden flag. Um, and again, <laughs> what's really working in this scene is I don't know how he set this up, but in when he's staying with the two guys, he gets them to check out a video, and it's his daughter reporting and interviewing yeah. someone and he's like that's her that's my daughter that I'm looking for because at some point they split up right yeah. he's like that's her and they're like well she's going to be at the rally tomorrow well we got to go to it like I don't know how he set that up but he did <laughs> and it was wonderful yeah. but they all get there and those two guys are actually going to talk to Tutar and yeah. trying to convince her to like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like, with look, her dad they're, they're going to take your dad and they're going to tattoo cast each end of him they're going to pull him apart because that's what he told them that if he's you be don't go with Michael home. Pence they're gonna split. They're gonna split you from high to heaven. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. They're just they're concerned for their friend Borat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is yeah. I mean, I should say at this point they know it's not gonna be Michael Pence. They're gonna have to find someone else because he already got kicked out of the Michael Pence, uh, the the CPAC. Uh, yes. Uh, fucking CPAC. Which I love the I love the the clear choice to put in the uh, thing of Mike Pence going. Well, we've only got fifteen coronavirus cases and one tested positive this week. We are prepared. <laughs> right. We're doing so yeah. well. And then he, I mean, the best part is he walks in and like with clan robes on and yeah. nobody kicks him out. Yeah. People kind of look at him, but nobody kicks him out. He like walks in with clan robes. He goes into the bathroom and he changes into the Trump outfit. And I think like in real life, I think he spent like four hours in the bathroom waiting for the opportunity to go do this. Uh, and then, yeah, basically grabs uh, 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 Tudar and throws him, throws her over his shoulder and runs into the room like Michael Pence, Michael Pence. I have, a, I have a gift for you. I have a bride for you, Michael Pence. It's me, Donald. Don't, don't. At one point, he breaks character, I think, because there was a guy behind him that like threw a right hand at him, and he's like, "Hey, don't punch me. Don't punch me." <laughs> like he com- but he completely. It was like it was like Sasha's voice. <laughs> you just had to be serious for me. Yeah, punched. no, for sure. But yeah, so going back to the rally. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen has gone on record to say this was the scariest thing he's ever shot. I imagine he was severely outnumbered in that scene. <laughs> um, what had happened was while this rally was going on, there was a counter protest um, across the street where people were, you know, talk, telling them how stupid they were, essentially, yeah. which is 
fair. That's, that's <laughs> their right as Americans. Goddamn right. And I mean, they're right. Let's just say it right now. We're we're pretty uh, we're pretty left leaning podcast. I'd say I would say that'd be fair to describe us. Um, but yeah, they they were totally right about that. And um, but the counter protesters were noticing, you know, Borat as this dressed in this like country singer kind of get up and being like, now wait a second. And then, and then they kind of like were, they started laughing at the song, and then the protest and the people in the rally were like, "Why are these fucking guys laughing? This is a, this is against them." Yeah. And then it kind of got word, it got through the crowd that they were that they were being mocked. And as soon as they found that out, that's when the shit hit the fan because you you can see. So the, and they they show the briefest snippet of this, but when Borat is like. Okay, thank you. Gotta go. Have a good night. And he walks quickly off the stage. That was because he thought he was going to get killed. <laughs> they started to realize the... the there were people that rushed the stage, and they had an ambulance that they brought with them so that, so, you know, in case anything went down. And Sasha gets into the ambulance. There's footage of this on, on Prime. Like, there's a, that whole series with... Um, it's like debunking America yeah. or something. But... Uh, there's footage of him getting into the ambulance, putting his back against the door and, and like telling them, it's like, go drive, just go now. <laughs> and then there's a minute where he gets away from the door and yeah. somebody almost gets into the fucking vehicle. Ooh. Like the door pushes in and Sasha has to like leap at the door to close it. And he's like, Damn. we need to leave. We need to leave right now. And the guy <laughs> drives away and he's like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm okay. And then Sasha like gets on the radio and he's like, Make sure everyone's good. Make sure everyone's okay. Get them out of there. Like they were like, it, it, they thought he thought people were gonna die. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's nuts. That's nuts. And, and though it's funny to me too, the idea of like this this crazy right wing crowd taking that long to realize they were being mocked. <laughs> it's so ridiculously yeah. over the top. And yet they're all into it. It's like, yeah, it's gas them like the Germans do. Yeah, and they're all just like, yeah, good, good one. <laughs> And and I think Sasha Baron Cohen has also gone on record to say that that scene is the reason he's done playing Borat. Ah, yeah, I he suppose. Said, <laughs> he said there's not going to be a Borat 3 um, unless it's something that's completely different, he said, because I'm never putting myself in that situation again. No. There no, was a scene where um, I don't think that it made it to the movie, but he's in Vegas. He, he's wearing a bulletproof vest. Oh, wow. Like they, there was a, he had safety people, security people that told him you're going to want to wear this vest. And he said, Oh, come on. And they're like, put it on. Like <laughs> it, it, there's no laughing matter. This is a scarier world that Borat is in. Yes. Right. This is not just like, you know, we, we, um, there's, there's people that are, you know, awful and racist and sexist and shit, but they're kind of hiding it, but they're not hiding it anymore. No, they're not. They're 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 far more uh, brazen about it than they used to be. Openly carrying guns. I mean, at this yeah. rally, we see so many people with like fucking fully automatic weapons. I like that the balance of power has been shifting on that. As uh, people that uh, align themselves with Antifa have been showing up uh, to defend uh, drag queen uh, shows and such. But that's when the, you don't arms. want the guns, Jason. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's when you don't want the guns. When the the, the bad bad Antifa has them. I love I love that there there was a thing that said uh, uh, a drag shows they were basically drag shows but they were like kid friendly like yeah, they the, weren't the like overtly yeah. they weren't like overtly sexual no and um, these people said oh drag shows for kids great and I'm like yeah but what in your mind is sexual about a drag show it's That's not necessarily thing. sexual for for kids to me like I, that that person is a character like I remember seeing Divine when I was a kid and that person was just a character that wasn't 
it wasn't sexual. It wasn't like that. It was just like this cartoon of a human being that exists. And, and I mean, a kids lot of watch... drag queens are and drag queens are so over the top in their personalities. That's part of the game. That uh, no wonder they appeal to kids. <laughs> kids watch fucking and also kids watch fucking PG thirteen movies all the time. You're telling me there's nothing sexual in those? Yeah, and stuff that's far probably far more harmful than a than a drag queen telling a story. But of course, if James Bond is fucking a lady, that's that's fine. But if a, a, a drag queen says something remotely sexual, that's just disgusting. I also want to mention before I forget, <laughs> really laughed hard at the scene where he he'd kind of given up and decides to go to the the synagogue to like wait for the next mass shooting, oh. as he says. He's like he's like he's trying to blend in, so he's wearing like devil wings, and he's got a massive fake nose on, and like a, a weird hat with horns on it, and <laughs> a very controversial moment, by the way. Very controversial moment. But what's lovely is that the women in there are just so welcoming to him. Yes, and and like, you don't have to be afraid of us. You don't have to be afraid of us. Look, touch my nose. See, it's a real nose. It's and, not too big. And then, <laughs> no, my favorite thing is when she says, "See, it's not that big." He's like, "No, it's not that big." It's like, hey, "What about her nose?" He's like, "But that one's a little bit bigger." That's a little bit bigger than yours. <laughs> well, but she like sits him down and is like, there's nothing to be afraid of about Jews. You know, we're just people. I was in the Holocaust, you know. And, and that, that that calls back to my one of my favorite bits in the movie where where uh, uh, Tudar is kind of going on her own and she's given up on the, the daughter book, right? And he, she's like, I found a new book that doesn't lie to me. It's called Facebook. <laughs> and on Facebook, I found out that the Holocaust didn't happen. And Borat goes into a crisis of conscience where he's like, our nation's proudest moment, the Holocaust didn't happen? I don't know what to believe anymore. And then when he goes to the synagogue and she says she was through the Holocaust, he's like, you were through the Holocaust? The Holocaust happened? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, ah! <laughs> and he, he gets, gets back his mojo. He... <laughs> Yeah, like I said, it's a controversial scene. Oh, so well, he, but and, and allegedly he he talk, he did talk to her after the fact at a character to be like, "Hey, look, this is what we're doing." Yeah. Well, that that's the thing. Apparently, that was the only time when the camera shut off that he actually like went completely out of character as Sasha. And Although apparently to her. he did that once when they got pulled over by the police when uh, a Tutar was like riding on top of the vehicle. Yes. And he had to be like, hey, no, we're just, we're doing a thing here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Don't arrest but, us. But, I mean, he did that to protect himself, but he would yeah. rarely ever do it intentionally. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's um, not, that's, the part of the game is staying in character. But this is, like, because apparently, like, so that, that, that nice old lady uh, passed away mm. uh, not long after the movie, uh, maybe even before the movie came out, but she definitely did pass away. And the family was ready to sue uh, Sasha Baron Cohen because they, they, had said that she was not aware of um, what the, what the whole thing was, but then when he said, you know, I talked to her afterwards and I explained every single thing about it, um, and I've got the footage of us talking. I've got the footage of us talking. If you want to see it, uh, they quickly dropped the suit. So I think, and, I, and it's nothing against uh, either party either. I think they just realized, like, oh, okay, so it was. A genuine like he felt he felt yeah. bad doing it and well, said something I, after. I, I think I think because he's Jewish when he's doing those like yes. really anti-Semitic things like I think in the first movie too when he goes to stay with that Jewish couple at the uh, bed and breakfast I think he had talked to them as well to be like look this is what I'm doing did he yeah I'm pretty sure he did with them at some point yeah whether it was before or after I'm not sure I, I swear I read that somewhere but I, I don't think I think they talked about seeing the movie and thinking it was really funny but I don't think he actually told them anything but again when you're a Jewish person, hmm. you can get away with that kind of humor. I'm just going to say yeah. it. You can. Well, that's it. I mean, yeah, anybody else trying to do this now and be funny, it, yeah, I don't think it would work. <laughs> I think it would be really hard pressed to, to work. 
Like, he pushes it as far as he possibly can. Well, it's because it's so ridiculous. It's like yeah. in the first movie with the running of the Jew and they have, like, the crazy cartoon heads and stuff. Like, it's so over-the-top ridiculous that anybody of right mind would not would not take it seriously. Right. How could this mainstream comedian actually have these views? You know, it's but not conver- possible. But conversely, you know, uh, from a movie like that, we have, like, a friend of mine who would like to get her, her then little sister to – to just say throw the Jew down the well because she saw it in Borat, <laughs> <laughs> but not probably not understanding the no the scope not. of it. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, again, uh, I guess there's some responsibility. I mean, the movie is R-rated. They did their they did their best at, at yeah. trying to protect people from being you know easily influenced. I guess and, at this point, there's no excuse. Borat, you know, was 15 years ago. We get it. Like, we know what the deal is with Borat by now. Mm-hmm. We should. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to those two guys for a second because mm. the biggest thing is um, the biggest moment that actually I think is brilliant, the way they, the way he gets them to say this, is he shows them that little book that, like, yeah. that the, the daughter's manual about, like, how, you know, vaginas have teeth. And when someone's born, the doctor is like, apparently a do- one doctor's <laughs> fucking you and one in the in the ass and one doctor's like sucking your dick or something. Or you, you, the, the mom is, is getting fucked by one doctor and sucking off another doctor. Yeah. And, the baby and he comes says out. that's and, and they go, no, no, this is this is the two guys are like, no, yeah. this is like a conspiracy theory. Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. I do. <laughs> Why would you believe this? There's no facts to back this up. It's like, yeah, now they're skeptical. <laughs> right. And I'm like. Oh man, you're you're like right there. You're so close. You're right there, <laughs> and you just need to make one little jump, the and thing. then you'll it's know. It's clear these two guys are not idiots. They're so close. <laughs> That's the thing, and I like to believe that maybe after that little series. They were a little more educated. Hopefully, hopefully. There's a that's, couple that's times fun. in that throughout that thing where they they see things and they're like, "Yeah, well." I don't know if I believe this a hundred percent, like what I was saying earlier. Yeah, I read it a few places, and they have like you know, uh, 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 vaccine doctors talk to them at times, and they're telling them like why the vaccines are actually not made of magnets or whatever people believe there's these no, days. There's no chips in them or anything. No chips, you know? um, but that sounds delicious. Yum, love it. <laughs> and I guess. Jason, the the biggest moment of this movie, yes, uh, by far, because this is the thing everyone was talking about during the election. I would, I like to believe this had some kind of impact on the election. Is the whole Giuliani thing? Yeah, and you know what? It's funny because this is the first time I've watched this scene like in full context, and I think I believe he was tucking in his pants. Jason. I think I literally think he was just tucking in his pants. And my reasoning is thus, because you see him, she goes down and she's helping him get the mic off. Right. And he's getting and he's and he's sitting there with his belly and he's like doing with it, whatever. His pants get pulled out. Now, Rudy Giuliani, I'm a fat guy. Rudy Giuliani's got a paunch. When you're sitting down like that and your belly's in the way, tucking your pants back or tucking your shirt back in is very difficult to do. So I can understand why Rudy might lie back on the bed like he was doing to tuck his pants in. Like it seemed it seemed like that was possible. Now obviously this is also Rudy Giuliani and the fact that he went back to have drinks with a fucking young journalist at all and that they were drinking during the interview. That didn't seem out of character. Like is that a normal thing? Like I mean that feels like a very old school thing that a young female reporter would probably not have, like, whiskey with Rudy Giuliani while interviewing him. Don't you think, though, like, I mean, I get your point, 
And I know you're a big supporter of Rudy Giuliani. Love him. Love I get, the guy. I get, America's mayor. America's, America's mayor. Gotta love him. Yeah. But I think all the setup to that makes me think there was something more going on. Because well, that's it. The, he the... went into a back room, a bedroom, yeah. with this per- this girl who I'm pretty sure announced that she was made it very clear that she was quite young. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, you know, had no problem laying back on a bed. I don't know. It just, it was so creepy. And like, Oh the, yeah. The his, whole, his hand placement on her back and everything. Like it's just 100%. Uh, I think the whole situation is creepy and he should be uh, uh, kind of a shame for getting into it. But like I say, I, I really think he was tucking in his shirt. Uh, now, that's not to say he wouldn't have pulled, pulled his dick out if, if uh, Sasha hadn't come in shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah, it just, oh. It I was... mean, they weren't there to do a sting on Rudy Giuliani, ultimately. So, I mean, they probably weren't going to let it get to that point. No, and Maria Bakalova actually has gone on record to say that she felt very, very safe during this scene. Um, because she knew that Sasha was literally in the next room. Yeah. And she knew that he was not going to let it go anywhere. But she did want to see how far she could take him. How far she could take it, yeah. Exactly. Now, now the set, yeah, we should probably talk about, if anybody hasn't seen the movie, this is a scene where, this is like the climactic scene because they managed to convince dumb fuck Rudy Giuliani that mm-hmm. she was a real reporter and that she was going to interview him for whatever publication she was. She said she was from. I don't know how the fuck they pulled this off, Jason. They probably like, just told him, it's like, oh, we got this uh, uh, young blonde. She's from Bulgaria or something, and she wants to talk to you it's for a Bulgarian maybe magazine. Like, oh, sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I oh. can tell her about all the ladies I've fucked. Great, you do, you do a great Seth Meyers doing Rudy Giuliani, number one. Uh, but my, my, my question Giuliani. was, he did you notice... Me. Did you notice too? Like I liked, and I wish I could have seen more of how this played out because it cuts pretty quick. But when when Sasha makes a reference about only marrying your cousins, and Giuliani kind of like looks at him, and mm. then it cuts. I wish I'd have seen how that had played out. <laughs> I feel like that got shut down. Yeah, or ignored. <laughs> or ignored. Yeah, probably. I feel like if he cut like that, the reaction was nothing special. Because I think if the reaction had been like, hmm, ridiculous, yeah, it would have would have kept, kept it in. Yeah. Did really Giuliani really marry his cousin? I believe so. Yes, it was. Uh, I don't know how close a cousin. I mean, because I think a lot of states, uh, 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 some states, it is legal to marry your first cousin. But I think a lot of states, if it's at least your second cousin, it's cool. I think Rudy Giuliani should be the reason the Democrats and Republicans come together. We should all hate <laughs> that piece of shit. Well, a, a guy that, a guy that, uh, I've said this before to other people, and maybe on here, but a guy that had assured his legacy in American history and then fucking ruined it for nothing. <laughs> Listen, I will say that I, I know looking back at the whole 9-11 thing, he definitely did as much as he could to look uh, visibly heroic He was he, while he, while doing not a lot actual productive stuff in, he the, was, in the behind the scenes. I'll, I'll tell you, he was a guy, he was he, Reagan-esque in the sense that he was up there, he had a good charisma, he was able to kind of pull New Yorkers together and in a lot of ways the country together with his words and and be a figure that was uniting yeah. at that time. Uh, but clearly, I, I don't know if he just always was a shitbag or if he got if he turned into a shitbag over the last 20 years, but something happened there. I mean, and, and to be fair, he wasn't necessarily the greatest guy beforehand, <laughs> before 9-11. Yeah. He had his issues. I mean, sure, he did that episode of Seinfeld, and we all love that, but beyond I that... Mean, like, and he hosted Saturday Night Live, and he was great. Yes, yeah, you know, exactly. Freaking Giuliani! <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, so an interesting character for sure who is uh, uh, just in the toilet of his life right now. <laughs> well, it's crazy too because like I remember up to at least 2010, maybe 2000, maybe like 2013 or something. He was still an okay figure. Like people yeah, weren't I mean, saying like he was a total shitbag. No, he wasn't. He wasn't a fascist bootlicker. He he that's was a thing. guy. That, that's a thing. You never heard him say coming out and saying these horrible like hurtful no, things. No, he was a guy who the worst thing you could say about Rudy Giuliani in 2010 was that his website, his presidential campaign website, was still up taking donations two years after the election. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember he was on uh, Saturday Night Live and he he was he was doing a bit making fun of his own uh, attempt to to become the Republican nominee. And his whole bit was he blamed it on the time he hosted SNL and played a woman. <laughs> and that and the whole bit was that it was so ridiculous. And Seth Meyers was like, are you sure you can blame it on that? Like, maybe just not like the strength of your campaign. He's like, nope, I've nailed it down. It was the time I played a woman on SNL. <laughs> and it's funny because then there's that other video where he's dressed up as a woman with Trump. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, but but I think that's a trend too because I remember when Mike Huckabee was kind of an endearing figure, despite mm. his views, where you you'd see you saw him. I remember seeing him on Saturday Night Live, uh, saying that uh, he was he, when he had failed his run, and he said, "Bah, you haven't you forgot though about the super delegates." And I remember them saying, "Well, that's only in the Democratic primary." And he goes, "Oh, uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was really playing. I was really banking on those super delegates, Seth. <laughs> like it just these people that have gone to the, that far side just lose their entire. I don't know. Just just lose their entire sense of awareness. They 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 seem to openly embrace only partisanship. Or or they just hide it. Or they yeah. just hide it. They're aware and they just know that there's more money to be made on the other side. Yeah, they're just or the yeah exactly they're just an uh, an amoral grifter, which there are plenty of those too. Because I wonder how many Republicans actually believe everything they say. I can't. I don't think it's ever all I of them. Think far more than probably you would want to believe. Sure, but I still don't think it's all of them. No, no. I wonder how many of those. I, I think there's far more uh, of the rank and file that actually believe what they're saying than the than the people that run the place. So this Giuliani thing, it made the news. It did. Rudy it, it was really... on TV. <laughs> Rudy, I remember uh, Rudy was on Fox being grilled about it by one of the female reporters who was just like, you know what? I don't care. This shit's disgusting. And <laughs> really got on his doing? case about it. And and I remember him even saying like, I was stuck it in my pants. And she was saying, I'm not even talking about that. You went to a back room with a fucking woman that you thought was 15 years old and you were having a drink with her. And he's like, oh, it's edited. <laughs> No, it was an apple juice. Fuck. And and in that interview, of course, he's 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 drinking. They're drinking whiskey, and he's like coughing all over the place. Yeah. And he's saying like, "Oh well, China manufactured the virus because like we don't eat bats." And then uh, of course, Tutar Maria Bakalova brilliantly is like, "Oh, maybe we could eat a bat together." And he's like, "I'll eat a bat with you." Yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck? Probably drunk as shit during the interview. Probably. Definitely half in the bag. I feel like that's part of Rudy's issue is that he's just an alcoholic and he's and he's drunk all the time and that doesn't necessarily help his decision making abilities. I mean, I love when they're showing uh, clips of him as like America's mayor and level headed or whatever they're saying like to praise him, and then you just see him on Fox News being like, "Shut up, shut up, you idiot, shut up." Yeah, I saw. Oh God, Rudy! Wow, how far you have fallen. 
So but that's really that. Yeah. And that's then of course the, the the twist at the end, Jason. Yes, the reveal that Tell me the reveal. It turns out that, that Kazakhstan and Borat directly are responsible for the coronavirus plague. It was engineered by Kazakhstan and injected into Borat, and he was sent on a roundabout ship trip, which I didn't realize at first, but yes, he goes like immediately from Kazakhstan to Wuhan, China, and then back to go around. To, to go to a, where we see clips of him at a wet market coughing on all yes. the food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say like it wasn't the wet market; it was just him coughing on everything. It was, it was Borat, and he spread it around. <laughs> and they finally got their—they uh, finally got their revenge on the rest of the world for being made fun of. And it's that great, like, usual suspects moment at the end, yeah. where he's like looking around and like all we're hearing all the clues. Yeah. And then I love how they tie it into a scene we didn't really talk about, where he buys a cell phone. Mm. Do you remember that? Yes, scene? yes, oh yes, <laughs> he's where he's talking. buying the cell phone. That's a great where he's he's disguised buying the cell phone. <laughs> And the, the, the dude is showing him how to use it. And he has it hooked up to the TV. And he... He's, <laughs> well, he, first, well, first he's, say, he's talking. The guy is showing him how to use it, going on a call with him. And he's like, please be quiet. I'm talking to the man in the, in the screen. And he's like, no, no, that's me. And he's like, Brian, Brian, stop it. I'm talking to you a twin. <laughs> of course, and, and then, then later in the movie, he, he says, uh, this, this device, uh, my friend Brian's twin lives inside it. <laughs> and he's like, I heard the whole conversation, which they definitely contacted him after. And they're like, hey, by the way, it's a movie. Can you say this line? Can you do this for us? Yeah. Well, um, that's great. In, in that scene, too, because he goes, he, he, he's like, oh, perhaps I'll look up some dinner. And what was it? Spit roast. <laughs> and then, yeah, for dessert, a cream pie. And then he ends up on a Pornhub site. And then he's like, I, I need to use your bathroom. And he goes into the bathroom, of course, and the phone's still connected and immediately goes to a porno site. <laughs> the guy's like, well, I guess he figured out how it worked. Another guy, another guy, though, that's like so tolerant and lovely. Like, I love Brian. I love Brian, just the most patient salesman you could imagine. He, right. he definitely deserves employee of the month. <laughs> he's wonderful. I hope his bosses watch this movie and were yeah. like, Brian's a manager now. Yeah, absolutely. He deserves it. He's got the patience of a saint. <laughs> But yeah, um, with Brian, they they end up recording uh, yeah. uh, the uh, so they have blackmail on the prime minister now, and uh, they decide to become reporters again. And he's uh, Borat is officially reinstated as the fourth uh, greatest reporter in Kazakhstan. Well, because who's the third greatest? That would be Tuta, who's got her own uh, lady version of Borat's uh, uh, famous uh, suit. Mm-hmm. And they go and report on the former running of the Jews, which has been changed because it's insensitive, and it becomes the running right. of the Americans. And we get Trump, and who else is it? We get Not- Trump, and there's there's a Karen that has yes. a uh, has an M16 and, and Fauci and, have, and Dr. Fauci, but then Karen shoots Dr. Fauci, <laughs> and Americans have triumphed over science again. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the very end. In Kazakh, in, in in Kazakh, of course, but then yeah. translated in English, it says. Remember to vote or you will be execute. Yes. Because <laughs> this movie came out like a few weeks before yes. the election. It was very close. I, 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 I had heard that Sasha Baron Cohen, so originally it was going to come out in theaters mm. for Universal Studios. And they said, no, we're going to do we're going to do Amazon Prime. And he said, well, OK, I still want to be paid as if it was coming out in theaters because that was the deal we made. So he did. And he also said, I absolutely need this to come out before Election Day. So that was like one of his terms. He said, no other way. You're putting this out before. So they, they managed to release it, uh, I think, like two or three weeks before Election Day. And I, I'm just going to say, I don't know if this had like a giant impact, but I think it made an impact on the election. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know how many minds it would have changed necessarily, but it definitely would have uh, 
influence some people that maybe maybe wouldn't have voted otherwise, perhaps? That's what I mean. I'm not saying it changed, you know, MAGA Republicans to be like, well, maybe our leader ain't so great. But I'm sure some people that were like, I'm not even going to bother voting, probably saw I, this and were like, I should probably vote. I mean, at the end of the day, and there's lots of factors, obviously, you can point to. But the fact is that the last American election was one of the highest turnouts they've had in a long time. Mm hmm. Damn. Yeah. The fact that he still got 77,000 votes or whatever 74 million votes, which he likes to say. 77,000. I <laughs> wish it was 77,000. Yeah, that'd be great. Then there'd be no question. <laughs> Fake election. He yeah. beat me in every state. No way. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, that's do, – do we have anything else or, or are we going to go into bits and bobs? I think we'll just take a break and then go into bits and bobs. All right. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, we will be right back. Is it the age of radio? Is nice. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. It's bits and bobs and bits and bobs and bits and bobs. Jason's got bits and he's also got bobs and he's also my wife. Very nice bits and bobs. So my bits and bobs for this episode is just going to be talking about funny things that uh, <laughs> I noted that I, we haven't talked about yet. Well, this movie's uh, unsuitable for children under the age of three, right off the yes, top. Right off the top. So keep that in mind when you're when you're making decisions for your children. Yes. Uh, many brokers left from our tallest skyscrapers, and we have that scene of a guy dropping, jumping off like a three-story building and just hitting the ground. <laughs> I, I, I like the introduction of Tutar, uh, Maria Bakalova as the daughter, wearing like a noose necktie. Yes. Where I was like, wow, that is a dark introduction. Very dark. Uh, I love when uh, he's talking about Obama and being like a trailblazer for African future African head, heads of state like Justin Trudeau and then we see a picture of Trudeau in blackface <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh really hard mm -hmm. uh, oh so when he's leaving his town this time you remember in the first movie when he leaves the town he's like waving everybody's cheering and stuff and he leaves this time he's literally like booed out of town and people are hucking stuff at him <laughs> yeah it's really funny well, you know what scene we forgot to mention is when uh, Tutar goes and sees like that sugar baby consultant yes I was going to mention her the Instagram influencer who her the things she says are are insane but then once she like caps it all off by saying so that they can pay you money or so that you can make money it's like okay what why didn't i think of that cuz she's like oh you got to you can't you can't be aggressive you got to do this you got to be submissive as a woman and do this because they will pay you money it'd be a good idea to pick someone who had just had a heart attack yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's That's like, how old do you like? He's like, she's, she's like, nearly, like, nearly, nearly dead. dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a, that was a weird one. But hey, you I, know, and nothing against her. If that works for you, great. I also just like how uh, Maria's character is just so like 
is just like an uh, like a like a cra- almost feral, like a crazy yeah. animal at the beginning. You know, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's in a cage, yeah. so she's. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really like when they go into the they go into the fashion store, and uh, they're and she's like, well, a woman can own a business?" And Borat is like, "No, no, no, no. Women's women's brain breaks and head falls off when she owns a business. There's the former owners." And he points to a, a group of mannequins that uh, just don't have heads. <laughs> I, I I enjoy when they go into the bakery, and that woman is all too glad to write "Jews will not replace us." On yes. The cake. Oh yeah. With a it's smiley just, face. Yeah, and with the smiley face, she just does it without question. She doesn't <laughs> even react to it. No. She like, I mean, I I I legit. I wonder if she has any idea what it means. <laughs> I don't know. I think were they not down south for that? I think sure, they were pretty far sure. South. But like the fact that she doesn't react at all is either that she's either super racist or she literally just has no conception of what he wants on there and is just happy to do it. Was it Kim Davis? Yeah, it might have been. Might have been. <laughs> she got a haircut. Uh, I, I, mm, women with big tits. Uh, uh, I got to say, as a metaphor, using the term women with ample cheese producing capacity made me laugh. I, I will try to use that in future. So when they go and OK, when they go to take the t- take a uh, Wallace would go, like them, by the way, he would. He would love them. Oh, man. Wensleydale. Um, <laughs> when they when they take Tutari in to get the plastic surgery and, you know, they, they give uh, Borat a breakdown of like how much it's going to cost. And he's trying to like make it cheaper, but what if what if perverts came in and watched? <laughs> what <laughs> if we you, use potatoes? What if we use potatoes and, and just going through all this dumb shit? But then, so they eventually he eventually agrees to pay the money, and he hands her, he hands her this this fucking uh, uh, just a like a duffel bag. It's a one. Passionate is what? Yeah, it's, it's full a, of it's, ones. It's mostly So she's singles. sitting there. Yeah, so she's sitting there counting them up, and she gets done counting the money. He goes, "Is this enough money?" And she goes, "No, you're seventy-two dollars short." And he's like, "Oh, well, we have twenty-four hours, right?" He's like, "Ah, let's go." He's like, "We gotta go make seventy-two dollars in twenty-four hours." <laughs> I also love that he's seventy-two dollars short off of like a twenty-five thousand dollars thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, that that's yeah, you better short. get it. He's like, "I think we can do it." <laughs> But I just think, like, wouldn't you just, like, let it happen and then they could pay it after? Like, that's a, that's a really small amount. Yeah, you'd think. <laughs> uh, um, I, oh, there's a quick moment I like when um, uh, they're walking into some place. I don't remember where, where but uh, Borat opens the door and he goes, after me, yeah. and walks in before <laughs> Tutar. So I, I love uh, there's an early moment. Not early moment, but before she goes to see Giuliani, she, you see Tutara getting ready. And one of the things she does is she has little balloons she blows up and she puts them in her chest mm-hmm. to, to make her breast looks bigger. And then later, after everything goes down and whatever, she goes to hug Borat and they finally have that hug that they've been, you know, that's been coming. And as she hugs him, you just hear as it pops. <laughs> it just calls back to that. I loved it. Uh, we have, of course, we get to mention the Tom Hanks cameo. Yes. During during the scene where Borat is going around the world, one of the scenes is he stops and like gets to meet Tom Hanks in Australia, and he like shakes his hand and. <laughs> Which is going back to the whole thing where he started COVID. So that's yeah. so, because Tom Hanks was, I believe, the first celebrity to was, publicly yeah. announce that he had COVID. I think so. Yeah, and he was in Australia at the time. So filming Elvis. Down. Yes. Filming in Elvis. theaters now. Yes, absolutely. The final thing I have to say, and it's the last one of the best jokes in the movie. 
is when so he goes back to the village and they're like, you know, we've we've become a feminist village. We've changed things up. We're no longer misogynist. Now we sell uh, 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 mail order grooms. And it goes to a, sh- uh, a truck with a bunch of young boys in uh, suits. And on the back of the truck, it just says deliver to K Spacey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so good. So perfect. <laughs> and then, of course, there's um, I want to mention one of the last jokes, too, is that when they say when he says that. Uh, you know, Kazakhstan is doing much better now. We're working together, influencing elections. And it's, they're all in this big room and they're yeah. posting like, as a black Trump supporter. Yeah. <laughs> they're, just, they're, like they're, they're running all the bots. <laughs> yeah. On like social media and shit. Oh. So yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's all the bits and bobs I have. How about you? Me too. That's, that's all my bits and bobs, Brendan. Okay. Well, let's see if I have anything else about this movie, Jason. Um, original titles for this movie was uh, Borat 2, Great Success, and Borat, Gift of Pornographic Monkey to Vice Premier Mikhail Pence to Make Benefit Recently Diminished Nation of Kazakhstan. <laughs> That's a good title. Um, they actually do use that title card at the end, by the way. Oh, do they? Oh. Um, there, was a, uh, there was a prank uh, in, septem- uh, in September. I don't know if it's the month, but it, it was, there was a prank that they did uh, where Bakalova actually managed to make her way into the press corps in the White House. Wow. So apparently there is some CNN footage with the with the pre, with like the, the press pool and one of them is Maria Bakalova as Tutar. <laughs> and uh, there was this girl that worked for One American News Network, you know, OANN. Mm-hmm. And she actually was interviewed by her for OANN. Um, but they ended up cutting the scene uh, from the final release. And also during that that whole bit, she actually met Don Trump Jr. and shook his hand oh, wow. as her character. <laughs> None the wiser were any of them. Well, why would they be? Exactly. Well, that's how he got away with some of that stuff, right? He that's, would never be able to. That's what he needed her for. Ultimately, that's what it came down to. Borat Having somebody never, anonymous to do yeah, the Borat thing because Borat can't. Borat would have never been able to interview Giuliani. No. He would have known. Somebody would have told him. The film was shot on 72 different cameras, including some high-end cinema cameras and smartphones. Um, basically, what they did is they, they used some, like, they used um, codecs to mimic the look of the original movie. Oh, so older codecs for processing the footage. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So they had some, they had some lesser cameras for hidden robotic and low-profile pro, low applications like iPhones yeah. um, to film a lot of that stuff. Um but I, yeah, I, I think we talked about a lot of what kind of went into what went into it. But I'll tell you, this movie, uh, this movie didn't come out in theaters. It came out directly on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It's a Prime original, eighty-five percent positive on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the site's consensus says Borat's subsequent movie film proves Sasha Baron Cohen's comedic creation remains a sharp tool for exposing the most misguided or outright repugnant corners of American culture. Uh, most publications said the film received generally positive reviews. IndieWire said 14 years after his last romp, Borat isn't exactly woke, but his time has come. This searing brand of humor has never felt more essential. Blending activism with entertainment, Baron Cohen's best movie to date gives us new reasons to be afraid of the world, but also permission to laugh at it. Richard Roper chimed in and said, 14 years after Kazakhstan journalist Borat came to America to make a documentary about our great nation, he's back in the USA, older, dumber, far more famous, and arguably even more politically incorrect and offensively funny than he was in 2006. <laughs> there was uh, some some negative uh, comments, though. Um, 
The Daily Telegraph uh, said the, gave the film two out of five stars. So the film was despairingly threadbare and a string of half-formed, recycled, and disjointed pranks you suspect wouldn't have survived the quality control process on the original, effortfully connected post hoc by largely uninspired scripted scenes. Um, Chicago Tribune said the sequel was ruder and more sentimental than its predecessor. Uh, Alonzo Duralde of The Rap said the movie valiantly fails to resuscitate the satire corpse. Says he was a super fan of the original film, but the sequel might um, be hilarious in retrospect, but at the moment it's a mostly cringeworthy experience. I disagree with all of those negative yeah, reviews. I would say. Um, and, of course, I mentioned Kazakhstan was more 50-50 when this movie came out. I guess they were like, well, people know that we... <laughs> We took advantage of the tourism, so we can't pretend we're that mad. No. <laughs> um, they also used the term very nice to promote the tourism of Kazakhstan. Sweet. And yeah, um, so that's pretty much it. Uh, it does go to the Oscars. Hooray! Um, it is nominated for two Oscars. Do you know what it got nominated for? Uh, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure Maria Bakalova got a nomination for Best Supporting Actress, didn't she? She did. Um, the winner that year was Yoon Yoo-jung from Minari, which I actually have seen, and she actually is really good in it. Okay. Uh, and you know the other one? Win best uh, Best Score. It w- no, it is nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Oh. And it the winner that year is uh, the Anthony Hopkins movie The Father. Oh, okay. Which is a movie everyone should watch. I should it's watch that. Really good. Um, and at the BAFTAs, it was also nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Mar- Maria Bakalova and also lost to uh, Yoon Yeo-jung from Minari. But it's crazy that Maria Bakalova got, like, not not undeservedly so, but it's mm. wild for a comedic performance to get an Oscar nomination in general. Yeah, Especially this kind of, like, this kind of comedic performance, right? Mm. Yeah. You, you, like, broad, but also, like, incredibly... Like you said, incredibly good because you have to believe the father-daughter stuff. Yes, like she, you have to. It's it, like I say. I think being a stage actress helps because you're staying yeah. in that role over a period of time. And obviously, it's different being on stage than you know Daniel Day losing it in real life. But she does a fine job of it, and, and it comes across. Yep. So the budget for this movie was twenty million dollars, and couldn't tell you any box office because it did not come out in theaters. But Jason. Uh, Borat two. What'd you think? It's an interesting. It's an interesting question. I mean, Borat the first one is so iconic. It's such a seminal movie for what it means to the people that saw it and for what it kind of exposed and everything. And it's a really funny movie. But I think this one's actually might be a better movie. But that's hard to say because the original is so so iconic. But Sasha Baron Cohen with fifteen extra years of uh, of experience under his belt. I, I think this movie might be better, ultimately. But that's to be seen. That that may change over time, and maybe this is because it's more relevant to right now. But mm. as much as I love that original, this might be a little bit better. Either way, it's an absolutely uh, 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 worthy follow-up to Borat and a great way to do him. Because, honestly, that movie probably didn't need a sequel. It was mm-hmm. what it was. And he did find a way to bring borat back without just retreading the same bit over and over there's some of that but it's it doesn't feel like that like i i don't agree with those reviewers that say it was cringe because it was not cringe to me no what do you think i i agree i think that um i don't see a lot of the same jokes from the first one i see 
you know, we're, we're kind of at the same idea. We're kind of exposing, you know, people in America that maybe you didn't know about. But I think, mm. I think the thing is this time is that we know about them a little more. Mm. Like, we're not as surprised. We're not as shocked. And I think that, that I don't think it, I don't know if it takes away from it, but I think that's what, to me anyway, I think the first one's just a little bit stronger mm. because I think, I think there's that sense of like, oh shit. Like that we don't get so much in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, again, I think Maria Bakalova is a fucking discovery, yeah. like a, amazing discovery. And um, she was just recently in a movie called uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies that I saw a couple weeks Ooh. ago. And she was really good in that, too. So I think she's go- I think she's going to be just fine. Um, but I think this is a great movie, a great follow up. And again, like you said, a sequel where maybe we didn't need one, but I think mm. if we were going to make one, this is the best way to do that. Yeah, it, it worked out. It worked out as good as it could possibly work out for somebody doing a sequel because it was always going to be an uphill battle trying to make something that was even on the even near the same level as that first movie. And they did it. Well, and I think that was the that was the the tough the tough part about Bruno. Yeah. So I think when he made Bruno, everybody expected Borat. Mm. Like something on that level, and when sure. it wasn't something on that level, people were not, yeah. you know, we're not super happy about it. Bruno, I feel like that's, Bruno, unfortunately, not as lovable a character as Borat. No, but I do feel like that's a movie that I want to go back and watch. Yeah, and yeah. see if maybe I misjudged it at the time. Exactly, because I might have been expecting something as good as Borat, you know, yeah. and it just definitely didn't hit that level. Although I, I do, I will always love the scene where he's on. Uh, not Jerry Springer, but whatever that show is. Maury? No, it's not even Maury. It's like some female talk show in the UK or something. And he okay. says, uh, "I'm going to give these black. I'm going to give these uh, these babies to Madonna. We are willing to change the color of the skin." <laughs> so I mean, that's always good. Um, <laughs> and of course, he calls them OJ, and the audience is very upset. So. <laughs> So Borat too, yeah. Borat subsequent movie film, great success. Very nice. How much? So Jason, next week we are continuing our little mini series, and now for something completely similar. We talked about uh, a little documentary on this show called Man on Wire. We did. Um, now we're going to talk about, we kind of alluded to it a little bit in the episode, but now we're going to talk about the feature film adaptation of that documentary called The Walk. Starring everybody's favorite space alien, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Me too. I like the guy. He's just, he's got a nice smile. <laughs> and of course, um, maybe the last good movie that Robert Zemeckis directed. Ooh, hot take. Well, we'll find out. Has he directed anything since... Yeah, he just he just put a Peter Pan movie out that oh. apparently is not great. Mm. He also made that uh, Welcome to Marwin movie that is terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. Real bad. Real mm. bad. So The Walk, uh, we'll check that out, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, next week. But until then, Jason, you can find us all over the place. We're on all the social media apps or websites. You can search for us on Facebook. Just search for For Screen. And Contra. You can find us on Twitter at FSACpod, as in for screen. And country. Podcast. You can also find us at our home base if you're looking to listen to, uh, if you're looking to listen to our podcast, as yeah. normally the thing, it's normally what you do with a podcast, right? As you listen to it. If you're looking to watch it, you're going to have to make an extremely large donation and we'll have to start purpose making it for you. Bring us to Wembley Stadium. Finally. 
It's what we've been we've been angling for our entire lives. We want to talk about the Avengers 1998 in Wembley Stadium live. If people of the UK, happen, if you can make that happen, people, if you could raise an Indiegogo just to pay for us to rent the venue, I don't even care if we sell tickets. I want to do well there so that we could be the first podcast to ever do an episode at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, <laughs> that, we will be the the first, I guess. Yeah, so. I, yes, I, I mean because a podcast in that big of a venue sounds terrible, but we should do it. <laughs> and of course, if you want to listen to us, like I was saying, after we got a little off topic, uh, you can go to our home base is uh, Age of Radio. So you can go to ageofradio.org/slash/forscreen and country. Or you can just search for us on any podcast app that you like. And and the way you do that is I believe you can just type in the words for screen. And go and drag. Jason, where can they find you? They can find me. I'm over at Jason D. McLeod. That is M-A-C-L-E-O-D on Twitter. That's where I am, just hanging around, just retweeting, you know, doing the things that people do and destroying the world in the process. So that that about does it. We'll talk about the walk next week. And our little series continuation. Um, But until then, I guess I just got to say to you, Jason, God save the queen. Hey, wait a minute, Brendan. Wait, 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 wait a minute. We got to change this now. Oh, dude. Because we we have a king now. So as of today, we need to do a retake on that. So, Brendan, I'm going to have to ask you to start that again. Well, on that note, then, I just got to say, God save the king. And God save the screen. Doesn't have the same ring to it. It doesn't have the same ring to it. I know. But I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. Bye. Bye. R.I.P. Thank you.